Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Today we're wrapping up our many studies in St. Paul's letters to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. Today, we're looking at part two of what I started in our last episode, the antidote to the grand deception of the Antichrist. And for the past few episodes, I've been teaching on St. Paul's warning of a grand deception coming on the world, energized by Satan, put forward by the Antichrist. It looks wonderful. It's accompanied by all kinds of fake spiritual manifestations, and a grand delusion that sucks the modern world right into the deceptions of the Antichrist. Last episode, I warned how far astray many sincere Protestants who have bought into the rapture-at-any-moment theory have wandered. And how did they wander so far astray? By relying on Scripture alone. And many of these good folks would be shocked to learn that the Protestant Reformation leaders didn't believe in this theory. If they had even a slight curiosity of historical theology and church history, they would find out that this this wasn't believed by Martin Luther, John Calvin, Zwingli. It wasn't believed by the Wesley brothers. This is a modern invention, and the danger is that some folks should be terribly disillusioned and extremely shaken when they find themselves left behind, because the rapture at any moment promises to deliver the faithful from everything mentioned in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, Paul, in going through those first 12 verses, then begins, as I mentioned last time, in verse 13 with this big but, and in Greek, it's a special construction. So, He's saying, but all of this stuff, you are not going to fall for. Um, the modern world is going to fall for this, but you are not. So stand firm. And on what do you, where, what, what's the ground where you stand firm? Well, remember, the rapture at any moment, folks, are using Scripture alone. And honestly, the Bible's a big book. You can pull stuff together to present all kinds of theories. But if you want to firmly plant yourself so you will not be led astray in the end times, it's scripture and sacred tradition. Now, in this episode, I want to turn my focus to Catholics and issue a warning to Catholics in a similar manner which I have given to Protestants. Why? Many Catholics are getting their views on prophecy from very shaky sources. Let me go to the rock-solid foundation. It's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where he says, So then, brethren, verse 15, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. By letter is letters like Galatians, Ephesians, and right here, 2 Thessalonians, Scripture, but also by the oral teaching given by St. Paul. Now, let's just, 
I like to use Ephesians. It's kind of my favorite for illustrating why sola scriptura is not enough. The Ephesians received a letter from St. Paul that's six chapters long. It can be read in 15 to 20 minutes, and if you're a fast reader, maybe 10 minutes, okay? Yet, St. Paul spent three years teaching in Ephesus. Now, (laughs) do you think that St. Paul's teaching in three years just simply repeated that 15 minutes worth of Scripture, or did he have some more comprehensive things to say that would enable the Ephesians to stand strong in the ancient Roman Empire? Of course. And the reason I like Ephesus so much is because besides St. Paul spending three years there, guess who moved there later in life? St. John, along with the Blessed Virgin Mary, were right outside of town talking about a uh, well-taught and exposed (laughs) bunch of Christian believers. I can't think of a better better group. And yet, you want to cut all that off? Do you want to cut off Paul's three years? Do you want to cut off St. John, who was living there? You want to Uh, interpret Revelation by yourself and forget anything he might have taught the church of Ephesus? You want to just cut off uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary living there? Well, Sola Scriptura doesn't teach about the Assumption, but people living in Ephesus sure believed it. So you're not going to get the full picture if you have Scripture alone. Now, what are Catholics doing? They, Catholics, in theory, hold, and I say in theory, in theory until they come to biblical prophecy. In theory, they hold the Bible plus sacred tradition. They hold them both in equal esteem. Catechism the Catholic Church teaches that. And here's the prophecy train. The prophecy train, whatever you believe, the the two together, the engine, sacred scripture, the coal car, without that, you know, the, the engine doesn't move. Those two pull the prophecy train. They're first. And anything you put before the engine and the coal car, scripture plus sacred tradition, you're going to be led astray. This is how you stand strong and you think you're clever enough, just hit some internet prophecies or some visionary before you study scripture, before you look into the catechism of the Catholic Church, you are really asking for trouble. And this is utterly profound, and hear it, secondary sources are secondary. And most Catholics today that I have been exposed to interested in prophecy make the secondary resources primary, and the primary resources, scripture and sacred tradition, make those secondary. Now, here's something that might shake you up, and I hope it does. Those who are teaching prophecy, putting secondary resources first, and they, of course, they add in a sprinkling of sacred tradition and, and um, they add in some scripture, but they're adding some of their own spin too. In other words, they're putting together a package, a message of things that they say are going to occur, and I can guarantee you they never will and you'll never know it unless you put scripture and sacred tradition first. And if you don't do that, you're going to have a runaway train. 
you're going to go off the rails. And I'm not going to give you specific examples right now because you probably quit listening. <laughs> to Luke 21 Radio. I'll be going very patiently through some scriptures and showing you what the scriptures and sacred tradition teaches, and you're going to be in for some surprises when you do so. But I urge you not to go backwards. Your discernment begins with a firm grasp of sacred tradition and sacred scripture. And if you don't do that, you're, you're just going to be driven every which way. Do you know that secondary sources are good, but they come after sacred scripture and tradition? In other words, a secondary source would be like an approved apparition. That's secondary, not primary. And you don't take the secondary, say an approved apparition, and try to jam some scripture in there. No, you form yourself first with Scripture and sacred tradition. An approved apparition will heighten and perhaps bring relevance, immediate relevance, uh, and maybe dust off some things that have been forgotten from Scripture and sacred tradition. But you're not jamming Scripture and tradition into an apparition. You're using the apparition to understand better Scripture and sacred tradition. Now, what if you don't do that? Well, personally, I believe that uh, internet reports of unapproved prophecies and apparitions are too dangerous for human consumption. And a lot of people are having their prophetic diet from these things, and it's a huge, huge mistake. It is so dangerous, and yet you're thinking you've got the idea of what's going to happen by these different websites. And I've looked at a lot of them, and it kind of shocks me because some of them are coming to conclusions that run against papal teaching, sacred tradition, and sacred scripture, and nobody seems to know it. This is what happens when you don't let the engine and the coal car lead your formation and understanding biblical prophecy. Okay, Steve. I buy it. I get what you're talking about. I followed you here. We've looked in Scripture rather carefully in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, and it's been a delight for me, by the way, to do this, and I hope you've appreciated it, and I encourage you to go back through these things because these are action-packed Scriptures. But where do I do sacred tradition? You know, I've seen those sets of early church fathers. There's like 36 volumes. Am I supposed to read all those? No, I'm going to give you a prime place to find exactly what we've been talking about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So you're not thinking you've been left behind by Jesus. The people in, in Thessalonica thought they were left behind. St. Paul wrote to correct it, saying certain things have to happen first. And there's one paragraph in the Catechism of the Catholic Church that perfectly summarizes everything I've been telling you about 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And all you have to do is turn there. And for instance, if, if you didn't have the advantage of this broadcast, all you need to do is turn to the Scripture Index of the Catechism of the Catholic Church and look up 2 Thessalonians and 1 Thessalonians as well, and look at the sections where it's referenced. 
and then turn to those and read them. They're succinct, they're understandable and straightforward, and they're rooted on a solid foundation that will enable you to withstand any grand deception the Antichrist throws on the modern world. But in this case, if you want a superb summary of all of St. Paul's warnings in 2 Thessalonians that we've been going through, just turn to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 675. And I close this study in First and Second Thessalonians with this paragraph. Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. The persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity. And mystery of iniquity in the catechism is in quotation marks because it comes from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception, which we've been talking about, the strong delusion, offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. And this is exactly what we've been talking about, the strong delusion leading to the apostasy and the rise of the Antichrist. This is all out of 2 Thessalonians 2. The supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist, by which man glorifies himself in the place of God. Do you want to withstand? Do you want your children to withstand if you happen to be living through the days of the Antichrist and resist his deception? Read and understand and heed 2 Thessalonians 2 and read and heed the Catechism of the Catholic Church 675. That's what you need. And I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 38 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.